Yeah, we have about 25 outside uh, clients, you know, average tickets paying around seven grand a month um, for the services. So, you know, we've got ourselves upwards of, you know, with our, with um, some of our other project work and things we've done, we've got ourselves right around a million and a half ARR in the first year. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Kyle York. He's the co-founder, CEO, and managing partner at York IE, where he sets the company's vision of building a hybrid strategic advisory investment and operational growth firm. He works closely with entrepreneurs and investors to help them realize their shared ambition to build great communities, new jobs, grow general wealth, and impact the world. Investing in over 75 startups over the past decade, Kyle is also a co-founder and board member of a third-generation family business called York Athletics MFG, an e-commerce footwear brand based in Boston, and is also a board member of CAMS, Ascent Compliance, CloudUp, and Forcivity. Kyle, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. So how should people think about this? Is this a fund and, and York is a platform you just invest through, or what is York? Yeah, so sure. So thanks for having me, Nathan. It's really exciting to be here and talk to you. Yeah, so I've had a long career operating uh, SaaS businesses, SaaS startups, um, you know, claim to fame, helped build a company called Dine uh, that we built to 100 million ARR and sold to Oracle uh, back in 2016. And in parallel, what parallel was the price? Jeremy wouldn't tell me the price. I had him on my show, and I go, Jeremy, what was the price? The press says 500. I'm like, it's it's enough removed now. It's enough years in the past where you could just slip up and there'd be no lawsuit. Well, no, I mean, I just say it's a rumored 600 million, is what I like to say. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, but we we had a great success. Um, uh, Jeremy and the team we had around us, you know, we all built just a really fun company. We did it in our hometown of Manchester, New Hampshire. And in parallel to that, I had been angel investing, uh, like many of the other Dine early executives and doing advising and boards. And by the time I ended up staying at Oracle, spent three years as the general manager of the business unit, ran cloud strategy for Oracle. And, you know, I kept feeling like the traditional venture capital industry or the uh, conventional sort of way of operating businesses were were binary decisions. So I thought, I wonder if York IE could enable me to invest, but also advise, consult, build our own SaaS platform, sort of build this kind of vertically integrated uh, next generation company. So that's really what York IE is. It's a SaaS business. It's a advising consulting business. And it's an investment business focused on uh, early stage technology startups. So let's talk about the SaaS component first. What is the customer paying you for on the SaaS side? 
So we actually haven't even launched it publicly yet. Um, the uh, SaaS platform is called Fuel. Um, we've publicly announced it because it's actually, it's a market and competitive intelligence platform. So it's how we build our investments practice, how we do market uh, uh, tracking, uh, proactive discovery, market theses. Um, and it's also, we've today launched um, its SaaS uh, subscription model. We've launched three services modules that are almost managed services on top of the SaaS platform, market product strategy, business growth strategy, and Marcom services. And so those services start at 3K a month and they scale up from there. And we basically productize and modularize uh, these services using our technology capabilities so that they can be hyperscalable, uh, really uh, margin friendly. Uh, and, and then over time, the idea is that we'll then open up the SaaS platform uh, to the market once we build up a bunch of captive uh, demand and customers on top of the managed services practice in the investments business. So what is the native services practice? You mentioned there's, there's technology there, right? Yeah, so the services practice, uh, think of it like a private company database. Um, think of it, uh, you know, almost an operator uh, version of like Traxin or PitchBook uh, that are more ba- based uh, or built for venture funds or private equity funds. What we're trying to do um, is basically have the most accurate and connected data sets on companies and markets. And then we're building a capability called Smart Notebooks, which is really like smart automated templates for things like market research or uh, strength or share of voice uh, collaboration or marketing competitive um, sizing and things like that. Uh, company pitch decks are really like operator tools on top of the data sets to uh, scale businesses and we think disrupt markets. How many companies do you have listed in your private company database currently? Uh, currently, um, gee, that's a great question. It's a lot of uh, internet scraping. I think the current database is about 800,000. Um, but last I checked, uh, just this past Friday release, it's, uh, we're recording this on a Monday uh, in mid-October. They, um, we, we added the capability to scrape another 3 million um, companies through mm-hmm. our data sets. Why, why so many? Why go so wide instead of deep on a specific, specific sector? Yeah, I think it's um, we, you need to get a, a, a broad enough cross section of, of startups in the sort of uh, startup community. I mean, most of the companies think of it like a private company Bloomberg portal. Um, there's so many small companies. The ability for these companies to get bigger and bigger and bigger, um, you know, it, it's just a long tail to the startup market, right? So to be able to cover all the disruptors, all the innovations, all the features, capabilities, you need to have a pretty long tail of the market. Uh, we think a lot of the big use case of the technology, I mean, a lot of it was built on the backs of Dime. People don't know this. We actually acquired 11 companies and we and we spun out four different technologies that we sold to other companies. And then at Oracle, my team, we had I had hundreds of people who worked for me, but we had a dedicated 35 strategic development team, which is basically marketing competitive intelligence. And it was a lot of manual automated research, market sizing, uh, doing proactive market theses. Um, took a lot of human bodies to basically scrape the internet uh, without technology. So to do this really well and keep an eye on the ankle biters and also the kind of heavily funded fast growth pre-IPO startups, you just need automation and you need a, a wide, a widespread database. Mm-hmm. But, but how, I mean, so, so, I mean, you look at what, sort of what Mattermark did, right? They tried this, they tried selling it to founders and investors and then eventually sales teams and it just failed miserably in the long run. And a lot of people, when you talk to ex-employees, they say the big mistake was Danielle gave essentially a 
thesis that we need to have, you know, 30 million companies indexed by X date. And a lot of people will say the mistake that was made is the data was so wide, it wasn't differentiated. You could just go to PitchBook right. or Crunch. So, so you either have to have a differentiated data set that, and then go yep. wide and have a data point per each company that other people don't currently have. Or you say super, super focused and go really deep on a specific cohort. You're going wide. What data point are you going to have on all companies that they can't get elsewhere? Yeah, so I think a lot of those companies you just mentioned, Mattermark, Crunchbase, PitchBook, they're relying on lots of uh, point solutions and point data sets as partners and integrators, like an Owler yep. built with. Or, and a lot of these, I was an investor and shareholder and board member of Datanize. I was a, the founding investor who sold the Zoom Info. A lot of these companies are good little companies, but they're never going to be venture-backed big companies, right? So a lot of the capabilities that are being integrated into the Crunchbases and others from these point products, we're actually building ourselves and integrating it. The other reason why Mattermark wasn't a successful company is because they fundraised too much. Um, the entire thesis of my investment firm is take less capital. I mean, the best part of the dying story is that we didn't raise a dollar of outside capital till we were 30 million ARR. Mm -hmm. I'm in the fortunate position to self-fund York IE and self-fund our fuel platform. So I can actually uh, control our destiny, control our fate, control our cap table and not be beholden uh, to investors' definition of success or failure. Mm -hmm. So I think it's those two things. I mean, it's building a lot of the IP ourselves. Um, I think it's launching our services and investments practice on top of the platform ourselves so that we can hone the product, the capabilities, the automated levers of the, cap of the, of the platform. And then over time, decide what parts of it uh, to offer to the market. I think what you'll see with us is we're building our smart notebooks is really more around automated workflows and uh, doing a lot of education and training on how to do market research, how to do better amplification, how to curate better content. Um, and I think those types of things that we build in as more workflows will also help us not just be a company gate, a tool that you think flow of the user, of the operator, and that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. So, so Kyle, the revenue model there, again, SaaS, we know what SaaS is. It hasn't launched yet. Your strategy and services practice, which includes the database, it includes smart notebooks, that's 3K a month and higher. Sorry, it's breaking up a little bit. I don't know if it's, is that on your side too, or is it just mine? Uh, I hear you clearly. So what I was saying was you've got three different product lines. We know okay. what SaaS is. You talked about strategy and services, 3K a month that includes your private company database and smart notebooks. Uh, is that accurate? Yeah. And then your third pro you know, product line is capital. You're, you're investing, correct? Exactly right. So walk us through that. And how so there we focus yeah, on. How many investments have you made yeah. and, and what's the fund size? Yeah, so we don't run a traditional uh, venture fund. Um, we operate an evergreen syndicate. So back in 2014, I co-founded the SaaS syndicate on AngelList, which remains the largest SaaS-specific uh, syndicate on the platform. Um, I co-founded that with Gil Penchina, uh, who's a good friend of mine from the industry. And um, back when I was leaving Oracle, uh, we took that over from Gil. And we thought at first, we'd just invest our own capital and then leverage the AngelList syndicate. Pretty quickly, what we started to learn is that a lot of high net worth individuals and family offices were looking for an alternative in alternative investments from traditional kiss the ring venture funds. So what we basically created is a master series vehicle, a high net worth individuals and family offices invest alongside our capital. There's no traditional management fee and there's no traditional fund economics. We get a five-year commitment from our investors to give an annual amount per year. Uh, and they get a percentage of every single deal we do every year. And then the economics to York IE, we take a, a carried interest on a deal by deal 
basis, not on a fund-wide basis. So we pass through no management fees, no uh, deal fees, uh, and we just make money on the economics on the deal-by-deal carry interest. So it's just a different model. It's a little bit more fluid. Um, Our backers tend to be leveraging our infrastructure, sending us their deal flow, uh, using us for reporting and tracking. Um, They'll be some of the first outside beta customers of our of our uh, fuel platform. Um, they're bringing a lot of their portfolio for consulting advisory uh, to us. And it's, it's great. And so we've done, since we launched, actually, we just wired a deal today. Um, we've done 17 investments. We've deployed right around six and a half million dollars. We average about a 500K check size now because it's evergreen. Our average check size is going up every year as we bring on more of a capital pool. And so we're up to about six and a half million dollars per year to deploy all going into early stage B2B SaaS businesses. Because of our heritage, you know, we have a lot of experience in infrastructure, DevOps, dev tools, cybersecurity, uh, but we'll go all the way up the stack into vertical uh, SaaS opportunities in tech laggard industries. And you know, again, we lean in, you know, we're, we're involved. It has to be the right mutual pairing. Um, you know, a lot of VCs say they help and they have operational expertise, but we've tr- we're truly investing. You know, we've got a 15 person team ex-operators, active operators. Uh, We're trying to really be an operational extension from a go-to-market. So talk to me about OnFleet. I see them listed on the York IE profile on AngelList. We just had Khaled on the show last week. He talked about they're about to break $10 million in revenue. Obviously, COVID has been impactful for them considering it's last mile delivery. They've exploded. How are you helping Khaled? Yeah, so Khaled was actually, we've done multiple. So Khaled's a, a, I call it a legacy or investment. So it was part of our, Angelus SaaS syndicate while I was still working at Dyn and Oracle. So we actually um, led one of his early seed rounds and then participated in a couple of different seed rounds through our Angelus syndicate. And then I was a personal angel investor uh, with Khaled and the OnFlip team. Um, we've actually been actively talking to them recently about our Marcom services module built on top of our fuel platform. Um, you know, a lot of tech startups uh, don't like the minimums of the Edelman of the Edelmans and the you know PR shops. They don't like the siloed nature of media relations and PR. And our we call it drumbeat marketing. It's really more around content marketing meets thought leadership content meets media and analyst relations, and more of a flywheel approach in a in a high velocity, high urgency approach to content curation and getting your market points of view to the world. So we've been talking to him a lot. Uh, he's in our prospect pipeline. I'll send him this when you post it. Uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink uh, to bring them Got over. Got it. Okay. So line. it sounds like, and, and so try and quantify this for me. So when did you officially launch York IE? What year? Yeah. So we launched York IE last September, uh, 2019. Um, we left Oracle in the summer of last year after our, our near three-year mm-hmm. run there. Um, but again, we brought, you know, 75 plus angel investments and boards and advisor work that we had been doing, me and my two partners, Joe and Adam, um, to bear. So we brought that kind of into the mix. So we had a sort of a captive starting point. Uh, but we we started writing checks last September and, you know, really, really aggressively going. We didn't launch our uh, serv- advisory services practice till this past May. Um, we hired Kate Campbell out of PAN Communications. What we learned about ourselves as operators is we knew how to operate and we had a lot of know-how, but managing accounts and making sure we had processes and, and we were more pro- programmatic and we could actually account manage really well and do better reporting. Um, we hired someone who came from the services spectrum. She's a VP for us who, uh, who, who helps run that practice. And she started in May and we launched the services. And so how many people are now paying for the services product? 
Yeah, we have about 25 outside uh, clients, you know, average tickets paying around seven grand a month um, for the services. So, you know, we've got ourselves upwards of, you know, with our, with um, some of our other project work and things we've done, we've got ourselves right around a million and a half ARR in the first year. Um, And, you know, we have pretty clear line of sight to continue to grow with this kind of managed services um, hybrid model. And we plan on launching our SaaS solution, self-serve e-commerce uh, team inside sales uh, in the yep. spring as well. Yeah, I mean, the most successful SaaS companies always come out. I mean, from what I've seen, at least a glaring pattern is a successful agency spins out successful tech because they've got a built-in base. You guys brought a built-in base. You, Joe and Adam with 75 deals, you're bringing in. You're now selling consulting, essentially, or managed services. And then the SaaS product, higher margin, fuel. Hopefully, you onboard those folks there and build a great SaaS business. Yeah, just it's more automation, right? It's more streamlined. And the way I like to picture it over time is that We'll put out all the content, York IE, you know, we're, we're a top startup blog already in the last 12 months in the world. I think we're currently ranked like number 30 in the world for our, our content. We're putting out tons of education, tons of curriculum for SaaS businesses on growth. We'll then try to convert users to, you know, give us their emails or sign up for fuel, free, paid, team, et cetera. And then we'll layer on advisory and consulting where right now they're kind of, we're getting to that first. And then the cream of crop SaaS businesses, early stage SaaS businesses will invest, right? So that's the vertically integrated strategy. And we launched with that vision. It was just faster for us to start investing and then faster for us to launch consulting modules. And it takes time to build IP and a moat and technology. And, and, and again, I think it's what's really cool about it is it really is vertically integrated internally, meaning a lot of the roadmap is for us to be our own first super user, both our investments business and kind of our advising consulting business, which is an operating extension of these teams. So once we eat our own dog food and we're addicted, um, then we'll start opening up to investment partners, angel portfolio, York IE portfolio, direct access for consulting clients. And we'll have a minimally viable audience that, you know, I think will, will you know, as part of the mix and part of the engagement with York IE, we'll find a lot of value. Kyle, on that note, we're out of time. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I love thinking grow rich. Number two, is there a CEO out. you're following or studying? I just follow everything. Richard Number Branson three, does. what's your favorite online tool for building your company besides your own? Oh, that's so good. Um, maybe cloud app. I love doing cloud app videos and, you know, uh, you trying to get my there. voice out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, a little bit cheating, but I just want to put that out there. Okay, good. And then um, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, I okay, sleep a I lot. love that. And situation, married, single kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm married uh, to my wife, Katie, who I met at Bentley University in college. And then I've got three kids, Henry, eight, uh, Teddy, five, and Evie, three. So quarantine's been super. I love that. And how old are you, Kyle? 38. Last I'm 38. Well, actually, what am I? I'm 37. I turned 38. No, I turned 38 fair. next month. But, you know. Fair, fair, fair. All right, 37 today. And then take us home here. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Oh, man, uh, I, I've always said it now in hindsight, but play the long game. I mean, you can get a lot 
further along if you play the long game and you set a big, big vision and then you work. Guys, York IE doing a $1.5 million run rate right now, about 25 customers paying $7,000 per month. Those customers are founders that are basically paying for managed service, strategy and services that Joe, Adam, and Kyle founded after they left the hugely successful Dine. They brought 75 deals sort of in with them. They're now launching a SaaS product called Fuel to help these founders grow more effectively following automations and playbooks. And they're also, when they see a company they love, making investments. They've deployed uh, checks into about 17 deals so far, average check size 500 grand. Uh, they can now deploy about $6.5 million per year via their syndicate on AngelList. Kyle, thank you for taking us to the top.